You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. up welcome back to the kingdom bringer podcast i am your host darren eubanks today i have the privilege of having back on the show my good friend scott tilly him and i started this podcast about three years ago so if you go back and listen to some OG episodes. It's him and I going back and forth, and uh, I miss him dearly. And he's a true, true brother. So I'm excited for this episode. We're going to talk about dividing lines, talk about boundaries, talk about uh, the the black and white things that divide and that bring clarity. This is something that especially in the last couple of years, has really been highlighted on my heart just how the Lord is allowing the separation of good and evil, the separation of dark and light. It's being revealed to us greatly, the black lines that divide good versus evil, light versus dark. And we talk a little bit about that today in regards to the church and maybe get a little bit salty But we also know that God's heart for the church is always kind. It's always open, and he always has a driving force kind of passion for his people. So I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time. We're going to get right in to this episode. But first, I want to remind you to check out KingdomBringer.com for all of our episodes. They're on there, as well as some written material, some blogs you can go through and be blessed. And also, have you visited our store, the Kingdom Bringer merch store? You can get hats, shirts, coffee mugs, just a little way that you can support what we're doing here at Kingdom Bringer, but you can also have some swag and show the world that you're a Kingdom Bringer, that you know who you are and you're ready to to fight spiritual battles. So go check it out. It's at KingdomBringer.com. It's truly my desire that you guys are blessed by the content that I put out. You can follow me at Darren Eubanks on Instagram. I try to put and post encouraging content on there as well. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, we'd love for you to give us some feedback on this episode or any of the previous ones you've listened to. Shoot us an email at the Kingdom Bringers. That's plural thekingdombringers at gmail.com. I'd love to interact with you and get some dialogue going. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for America's buffest preacher, Scott Tilly. This is episode 89. Thanks again for listening. Be blessed.
Scott Tilly. How's your summer? It is busy. Busy, busy, man. Tell me how, how it's busy. You? How's it busy? Oh. Uh, still ministry work, of course, uh, at the forefront of everything. And I took a job as an ISO, which is an uh, intensive supervision officer for juveniles. So probation officer. Um, trying to chase my son's schedule of basketball on the weekends and, uh, and baseball during the week. Um, still a husband, thank God. <laughs> um, and just, you know, doing, uh, doing the community stuff, man, just trying to stay in that avenue in that lane of, I don't know, I don't like the word busyness, but like, I'm a guy that has to, yeah, has to really be feeling like I'm making an impact or I'm not, you know, I'm not fulfilled. So yeah. are you, are you finding rest though? I am. Because uh, I know last time I we talked, that was a little bit of an issue. Yes. You were unable to rest. Yes. And I think the last time that we had talked, we hadn't moved yet, correct? As far you, were, as... you were in the getting ready to. Yeah. Okay. I think you were getting ready to. So, yeah, uh, the Lord has brought us to this, um, <laughs> this wilderness town called Ford. Yeah. And I, I don't know, there might be 200 people here, maybe. Um, and it's so the definition a, of a drive through town, right? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And so there's not, you know, between just the drive to Dodge for work and back, man, like there's been a lot of times um, where there's there's been um, avenues of rest for for me, for us, for sure. It's good. For sure. It's good. It's um. This family thing, man, like you're a family man, right? I'm a family man. You got a couple kids. I got a couple kids. How has it been? I'd say the last couple years raising your family, like how much do you feel like there's more of an emphasis in your life to like protect your family, protect your kids, protect you know, the family values that you and I both have, were raised with, have been around all of our lives. Um, in my opinion, it's under attack more than ever. Family mm -hmm. values and, and the idea of the family. And uh, as, a, as a husband and father, man, how has, how has it been for you in that regard? Definitely. Um, I feel the tension of, um, doing my best to be, uh, an abundance of a spiritual leader in my home than I ever have. Uh, I, so I, I definitely feel what you're saying on that. I think that, uh, at large culture is shifted in, in such a, such a way to where we, we have to really kind of put on that protective mode and, yeah not in a sense that we, we don't infiltrate the world for the kingdom of light. Um, but in a sense that there's just certain things that I'm not going to allow my kids to be exposed to. Um, and it, if they are exposed to them, I want to early on, um, give them reason, biblical reasoning as to why those are things that we're just not to indulge in. And, um, so I, I think that I've been quicker, um, more discerning, I guess, to get biblical about it on what, what I am to allow, 
to allow in my family and what I'm not to allow in my family. Yeah. Dude, simple things. Okay. Like, and this is probably, you know, this could get some flack or whatever, but you know, I'm very like in a, in a position in my life right now where I probably watch what I watch more now than I ever have in my entire life, whether it's a reel on Facebook or, or TikTok or, 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 or Netflix. So I was sitting just a little bit of a, a filler here. I was sitting, um, I, I was, I really liked that movie, uh, the, the series Stranger Things, really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Like it brought me back to that 80s feel and just Very had a nostalgic. whole bunch of things from my, yeah. yeah, my childhood nostalgia. That's a great word. Yeah. And man, I'm watching the last series of it and I'm watching this progressively just get darker and darker and darker and i'm literally on the last episode bro like i think of the entire thing i don't know but i'm on the last that i remember the last episode and the holy spirit convicts me so hard i shut it off in the middle and was like my flesh was upset because i didn't finish what i started in this thing but my spirit was like that's just not good for you yeah like you need to stop watching that right now and so things like that, man, even for my kids, like I'm quick to like, nope, we're not doing that. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, so it's, it's just, I'm the same way, man. And I feel like, you know, we've, we've grown up in this church and dumb thing. We've grown up in this Christian culture that we, I'm proud of it. You know, it's who I am. It's, I had boundaries set up in my heart at an early age, you know, as, as to what, what was right and what was wrong, what was dark, what was light, what was good, what was evil. And as you get older, you, you often give yourself more permission to step a little further into the darkness, right? You give yourself because you're, you're mature now and you've Mm -hmm. got kids. And so it's Mm -hmm. easy to still tell the kids, Hey, you know, this isn't appropriate for kids for some reason, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not appropriate for kids for some reason. There is a reason why, but it's mm-hmm. okay for us. <laughs> and we allow <laughs> ourselves to, you know, and there came a time in my life when I, I began to reject that. And I called that legalism, you know, quit being, re- sure. it, it's a religious spirit. It's a workspace thing. And we've got freedom in Christ, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was alcohol or whether it was, you know, what I watched or listened to the whole garbage in garbage out thing no longer applied because I'm a mature Christian now. Right. But I'm telling you the last couple years, bro, I feel like discernment has been something that the Lord's been waking the church up to again, to where Mm -hmm. it's like, no, (laughs) the same way it was inappropriate for you as a, as a child, it is inappropriate for you now. And I, real quick, I believe that the world and the enemy has tried to be so clever and allowing Mm -hmm. that stuff in, you know, the Mm -hmm. church has allowed that stuff in and made excuses for crossing the boundaries and crossing Mm -hmm. the lines a little bit. And I've, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of even preaching that freedom in Christ message. You know, Mm -hmm. you heard what I said, right? Freedom Mm -hmm. in Christ is truth. But it doesn't mean that darkness becomes light now and that mm. good is now evil. You know, evil is now good. 
And so, mm -hmm. yeah, talk about that. Yeah, no, 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 no. You said something um, that really caught my attention and I wanted to just unpack it for a second. You yeah. said um, it's okay for us, but somehow there's this um, shield that we're, yeah. that we're putting in for our kids and, and understanding why it's the same for us as it should be our kids. And, and so, and, and my, my question would be why, and to answer that why is because God wants us to keep our innocence. Yeah. Like he Child wanted life. Adam and Eve to keep their innocence. He, he, he loves that childlike faith. And, and so here's the thing. I see people that are, that are raised in the church that are not raised in the church, but every single person put on this earth has a moral compass. They have whether you believe or whether you don't believe you yeah. I, I've, I've talked to agnostics and atheists alike that are like, yeah, well, I think there's good and there's evil. And I think that, you know, um, this, this is not right. And this is right. And so every person is born with a moral compass or, and I think it's for the believer to be able to not just carry that moral compass, but that moral compass become more of discerning of our lives. Like as we grow in faith, Billy, what did Billy Graham say that the closer you get to Christ, the more convicted you're going to be. Yeah. Those were, and, yeah. and it's like, dang, I, I, I thought about that one day. I'm like, damn, that's good. That's yeah. true. Because it, the more you become closer to Christ, the more convicted of the sin in our life, the sin nature that our flesh carries, we don't want to be a part of that anymore. And if we're stagnant in our faith or if we're falling back, then it's easy to just embrace those things as they are because culture says it's okay. That's right. And that's not kingdom. The kingdom's actually opposite of that. You know, it's called a, it's called a narrow road, right? Like we, this path that we're choosing, like we chose, Jesus chose us. And then we in turn chose him. We chose to live this life with him. And he, he calls this a narrow road. And I like what you said about, you know, I, I think it's true that the closer you get to him, almost like the more pinpoint precision our lives the more fine-tuned we become, right? The, yeah. the more you yeah. mature in him, the more like, the more narrow that road becomes. Yeah, yeah. And from- Ever-changing into his image. From glory to glory, Ever, right? Yeah. I believe Ever, that each, yeah. each level of glory becomes like more narrow, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And that many are called, but few are chosen because that not everybody can choose to walk that, that narrow road, you know? And yeah. I just, I have a heart for the church. Like my, my heart and my ministry and my passion has always been toward the church, you know, for the, the, the people of God, the, the children of God. It's not unlike Paul, you know, Paul reached to the lost, but he also like all these letters we read, bro, are letters to the church, you mm -hmm. know, all these instructions that we that we know about God's word is usually in letters to the church, helping fine tune the church, helping the church stay on that narrow road. Because mm -hmm. Paul knew that the enemy who steals, kills and destroys was going to try to twist the truth and try to sneak in. Right. And the church was going to mm -hmm. olay that doorway of sin to come back in and, you know, that's why there's so many warnings, right? Beware of this. Beware of false teachers. Yeah. Beware of the doctrine of demons that is going to come. Like right. there's going right. to be, it's Bible prophecy. Many are going to fall away from the truth. Many mm -hmm. are going to fall away from the faith. It's Bible prophecy. You know, mm -hmm. I can't pray against that. 
I, it's going to, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I can, I can take heed and take warning to be aware of those kind of false teachings that twist the gospel truth and twist and make it, make you believe the narrow road really isn't so narrow. It sounds eerily similar to did God really say, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Bit. Right. That deceptive right. Yeah. spirit that comes in. And so being, being a guy who has a heart for the church, it, that hasn't changed for me. I, I mean, I'm, our, our call is to reach the lost, right? Preach the mm-hmm. gospel to all, everybody. Mm-hmm. But there is a place for helping the church grow and live their lives according to a, a Bible, a biblical worldview, you know, to help mm-hmm. that God's word is your guide. And I think when it comes to parenting, that's where I've, I mean, God's, dude, over this last year specifically for me, I've just come full circle in my walk. Like I, I grew up with this word of faith, like God's word. <laughs> I, I grew up on that, you know, and I will mm-hmm. say that I kind of lost this luster for God's word because I got so into Holy Spirit. I was introduced to Holy Spirit at a later age understanding the, the power of the Holy Spirit that lived inside of me. And I became mesmerized with that. And somehow I lost sight of God's word, you know, the, the, the importance of God's written word. And, you know, I, I, I used to make comments like it's not, it's not father, son, holy Bible, you know, mm-hmm. emphasizing now I have a relationship with Holy Spirit, almost as if he replaces the Holy Bible, you know? Mm. And if we, if we read and understand this Bible, we actually know that the word is Jesus. So in that equation, mm-hmm. in that Trinity, it, it's almost more like Father, Bible, <laughs> Father, Word, Holy Spirit, right? Jesus is the word. The word of that, God, yeah. The living yeah. word. And so yeah. I've just, I've, I've been holding on to that so tightly lately. And man, if... Mm-hmm. If something doesn't line up with God's word, I, I just don't have time for it anymore, you know? And sure. I've got a lot of acquaintances and a lot of friends that have that same mentality that I used to have of the Rhema word, the now word, right? Is somehow mm-hmm. superior to the logos word, the written word, and it's just not true. Mm. It's not true. Like I want a a new fresh word like anybody right i want that fresh give me a word god yeah yeah (laughs) i've got a you know what i mean yeah that that does not mean that this is any more or any less significant Mm. you know what i mean yeah god give me a give me a fresh word give me a good word but i do have this (laughs) I yeah. do have the inspired word of God right here. Right. right. And it outlines things and it gives me guidelines and it gives me boundaries that I can apply, not just to my life, but raise my children up to understand them. So how has God's word, what's your relationship like now with God's word? I know you've always been a word guy and you've always held tight and true to, to the scriptures mm-hmm. and to God's word, but is it any more of a tool for you now than it, than it has been? 
Yeah, um, that's a good question. And, and I just, I want to back up for a moment. On that was what a you long said. question. In, 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 <laughs> no, in regards of, of Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit came to what? Convict the world, right? Jesus yeah. said to convict the world of truth, right? And and so if if I'm understanding that correctly, Holy Spirit is illuminating the word of God. He's illuminating Jesus. He is Jesus. He is God. Yeah. And so a right now Ramal word is is not to replace the word of God. Yeah. You can be prophesied over, it can be smack dab right on. I've seen that, you've seen that, we've seen that. But we aren't to I think that in some culture you can get to a place where you actually worship the prophetic mm-hmm. rather than worship the prophet who is yeah. Jesus. It's good. And so you have to you have to know that that's why it's important to know the word. And that's why I've always been someone who wants to back things with scripture okay does it align does it look what does it look like and not to say that i haven't been deceived that i haven't been um you know the the enemy hasn't had a heyday with me a time or two and i don't stay there what i do is is i repent and i say lord you know i might have missed that but will you please show me the truth that you have for me specifically and he always does like every time and so for me it's a checks and balance now. Like if it doesn't line up with what this says, then it's just not what I'm going to follow. I'm choosing to follow the logos word of God, the written word of God. And if that doesn't line up with you, that's completely fine. But I'm choosing to do this because it's best. It's what's best for me and my family. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And it's it's tricky, right, though, because you have so many different theologies. You have so many different understandings of the word of God. Yeah. You have. And this is where this is where I think that we've um, catered to culture rather than going back to what it says. What's the text say? You know, and look, denominations, Jesus didn't make denominations. Man right. did that. Yeah. And there's traditions within those denominations that Jesus didn't make. Man did that. And so for me right now, just to answer that question in a whole is God has really, I've been in the old Testament a lot lately, man. Like I've been, I'm talking like genealogy stuff. Like I'm, I'm like, what does it mean? And why is it there? Because if it's there, it's there for a reason. Why? And as you dissect all these names and these families and they project the future of God's kingdom and his glory with these other names that are um, tied in with them, you see this pattern, this plan that God is working out since the beginning of time, that Darren, that Scott, that the church of today, that the saints of today get to get to be a part of, get to walk in. And this is prophecy being walked out right now. Like we're in prophecy right now. Right. We're in the prophecy of Jesus Christ right now. And right. so how that aligns is is up to God and what's up to God is in his word. Yeah. And so we have to have this truth, this belt of truth. I mean, the word talks about it, this belt of truth buckled around our waist at all times, because it's what, it's what keeps the truth. It's what, you know, the belt of truth is, is the word of God. And so, or the sword is the word of God, but the truth of Christ is the purity, right? It's keeping up, it's keeping up, um, what God has ordained for good for you. That's right. And 
like keeping the pants up, right? Yeah. And and so it's keeping this purity in his word that that is unadulterated. So it, it doesn't need God doesn't need my opinion on what his word says. That's right. I I need God's opinion on my life, what I should do, when I should do it, and how I should do it. And so for me, man, I, I don't know if it's if it's a lot different than it's always been, but I know I have a lot more questions right now than I've ever had. Yeah. I really truly do. And I think that's what seeking looks like as Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, I'm not going to seek a job without inquiring about that job. I'm not going to seek a new friendship without wanting to know what this dude's about or what this, you know, this person's about. So as I seek God, he reveals more. And as he reveals more, I get to walk in that truth more. And as I walk in that truth more, I'm going to take some hits. Yeah. I'm going to take some hits from the outside world. And that's okay because Jesus promised it was going to be that way. Yeah. And so I I want to make sure like, cause, and we'll get to, I'm sure this is probably something you want to hit on later. And I'll just allude to it. You know, this isn't, a, this isn't our 1130 anymore or 45. This is a, uh, this is 1159. Like th- this is almost midnight. And, and what the world needs to know is that he's coming back. This church is going to be taken in the twinkling of an eye. And if we're not ready and if we're not preparing the world to be ready, then we're in trouble. And God's given us this grace period. Let's be real. He's given us more grace than we've ever deserved. He's given humanity so much grace. But there's going to be a time when that window of opportunity is closed. And I want my family to be ready. I just told my wife this the other day. Um, and it was confirmed in church on Sunday through the message. I told her, I said, man, I have this, this, this feeling, this burning inside of me that I can't shake. It's like this holy burning as to like, we're coming on the edge of something. We're on the precipice. We're on the cusp. We're on the threshold of something so magnificent. Yeah. And the world is not ready, bro. The yeah. world is not ready and don't hear what we're not saying. I'm not sitting here bashing or condemning or judging. I'm talking to the church. Yes. I'm talking to those who profess Christ as savior. Yes. It is time to wake up. It is time to be ready in this season for what Christ is doing. It is time to be ready to see what he's doing and to be a part of what he's doing. Not, not on the sidelines, oh, my pastor takes care of that or my deacons take care of that or no, we're all called. We're all called in this position of God's glory to be to be uh, to see to his, see His glory be revealed. Yeah. And if you're not walking in truth, if you're not walking in the light of Christ, we're going to miss it. What yeah. does it say in Matthew 24? Like the days of Noah, right? Yep. The world's going to go on doing what it's always doing, yep. having marriage, getting married, all these things, and like that, He's going to take His church. So that was kind of a long. No, that's good, man. I, uh, with, with that in mind for me, you know, I, I've always been able to, to, to grasp the idea of the world being my enemy, you know, and the world having it out for me, you know, the world Mm -hmm. is going to hate me because it hate, you know, it first hated Jesus, you know, that's, that's always been easy to, to grasp. The struggle for me has always been, and probably continues to be more so at a, a ramp. 
the division within the church, you know, the mm-hmm. division within God's people, the body of Christ. And I want to ask you, because everybody has an answer or doesn't have an answer. They think they have an answer for the unity and how the church needs to be unified. We need to just unify. We need to stop bickering. We need to stop complaining. We need to stop fighting. We need to unify. I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that can be an open door to compromise sometimes Mm -hmm. if we do it a certain way. You know what I mean? Like for some, for some people, the idea of unifying with others means I'm going to compromise as to not offend, as to bring people in and, and allow them to be closer to me because I'm not being as offensive. And there's a place for that. But I feel like one thing that God's doing right now is there's a shaking in the church. And I think the things that are going to be unshakable will be left, will remain. And, and those that are easily shaken, things that aren't holding on to truth, that aren't clinging to the vine, are going to fall away. Mm-hmm. And that's going to include some people. <laughs> some of those people that you rub elbows with in church on Sunday morning, if you were to burn for Jesus, and I mean, if you were, if you were to be sold out and actually believe this book and actually live the way that the church is called to live in the last moments of the last days, they would not want to be friends with you. (laughs) Some people, would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. How do you, Scott Tilly, a guy who is well-respected by everybody, you are well-respected by the world, you're well-respected, I mean that in a good way, I don't mean that in a bad way, you've, mm-hmm. you've lived your life in a way that uh, you attract people, I think, not unlike Jesus. People want to say that well, they didn't like Jesus very much. They killed him. Well, they, he had, in the first part of his ministry, he was very attractive to mm-hmm. lots and lots of people, right? Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that? And I want to stick with the timeline. Do you feel like you navigate that differently now in 2022 than in the past, as far as I don't know if this is like a fear of man question or if this is a what it looks like for Scott Tilly to burn. And and do, do you agree with my assessment? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with your assessment. I, I'm just, I want to make sure I, you, I've got the understanding of the framing of the question. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you frame that how you want it. Before so I'll preface it by saying, and I, I, I prefaced it by saying, I struggle with the division within the church because I believe we all have the word of God. We all have the Holy Spirit. And it's actually the Holy Spirit that unites us, right? 
Mm-hmm. So without Holy Spirit, there is no unity. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so first thing is I would say that if there's Christians <laughs> that don't accept the Holy Spirit, there's not going to be true unity, at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I, that I would say I would say I've experienced that. Already. Yeah, and, and I mean that in a like again, I love people, but my mission here on this planet is to move forward, mm-hmm. not to be held back by the world mm-hmm. or by the church. And how do you? And I'm 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 going in circles with this, and I understand that. That's why I like to have conversations because we can we can talk right dialogue we can we can dialogue about it how does scott tilly navigate division within the church uh, can i can i back up to history yes um before i talk about scott tilly yes. <laughs> um it's i think there's always been division in the church i think they're from day one i mean paul and and barnabas right um yep. and i mean they, they had a division there was a division there paul went one way Barnabas went the other way there was an issue so right away i don't know where we ever got the concept that church was going to be without conflict yeah. i don't i don't know where we ever got the con uh the understanding that man even moving in god's grace sometimes like it's hard man it's hard because you're doing life with people. You're doing life with a whole bunch of people with different personalities. And I think God, man, I think the smile on God's face never looks bigger when is than when his kids are getting along. That's you know cool. how it is. You have kids yeah. like yeah. When, when they're getting along and you're on a road trip, you're like, whoo, this yeah. is bliss, yeah, yeah. you know, but when they are not, there's this, there's this tension. And so I, and let's go back to, to again biblical understanding of of what's going to happen and what has happened um what's going to happen is the, the fall i mean there's an apostasy coming like yeah. it's on its way we read about it and so we have to understand with all knowledge with all the knowledge that we have with all the understanding that we have there is still a job to do for god's glory and for his kingdom and so for me personally i think i can answer that quickly and honestly is I'm not going to change a lot, bro. Like I'm not going to do much different than what I'm already doing. And that's, I, I know that God's put me on this earth to love, to love him and to love people. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. And that doesn't mean compromising my beliefs. That doesn't mean compromising my convictions to fit somebody else's agenda. It means that Scott Tilly is going to do the best he can every day to walk hand in hand with Holy spirit and point people to Jesus that's it. And if it offends people, it offends people. Look, I've been, I've been offensive. I'm sure, um, on social media, just posting things about what's coming up and, and, but, but here's the thing, dude, my, my heart cry behind my post is to extort is to warn and is to, is to point toward the coming King. Like it's ne- I'm not here to cut anybody in half. I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself or about your decisions. I'm here to preach to you what God gives me. And if, and if that's not okay with you, at the end of the day, I'm not standing before you in judgment. I'm not standing before you or, or your spouse or a deacon or 
an elder or a pastor. I'm standing before the king of kings. And that is where my mind is fixated. And that is where my mind is focused. And I can't take my eyes off that or my focus off that or else I lose my place in this life that he's placed me in. And I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to backpedal when God's called me to run. Yeah. I can't afford to, it, it, please believe me, I'm dragging people with me. Like if you fall off, it'll be your own fault. Cause yeah. I'm drag, you know, I want to see people restored, man. I want to see the kingdom of God manifest on earth. I want to see, I want to see it all. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm tired of talking about all these things. Like I want to see them, Yeah. you know, there, and I believe that there was a, there was a season where we were seeing some serious manifestations of God. We were seeing some serious um, in-room experiences with Holy Spirit. I, I, I can't deny the fruit of that. But I, I've been in a place lately, bro, where I've been doing a lot of learning. Not a lot of seeing, but a lot of learning. Not a lot of visible, visible uh, how is that? Visualization, however Visual, you say that. Visualization. Oh my goodness gracious. Visualization. Yeah, it wasn't go. hard till you started speaking. It, <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm yeah. in this place where the Rabboni is teaching me, man. Like he's the master's teaching me. And I've got this, this holy fire burning inside of me. But at the same time, I'm trying to remain humble and stay in this classroom as long as he needs me to. Yeah. And and just taking it on and learning from him and, and taking on his yoke that's easy and his burden that's light. And, and so I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to change much. I guess when that time comes, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to give me the understanding of, of where my feet need to trod next. Yeah. But, but right now, bro, I'm just in a position where I'm, I'm just, I'm loving everybody, bro. I'm loving the sinner. I'm loving the saint. Uh, I'm, you know, and it doesn't mean I'm compromising my beliefs when I'm loving the sinner. Doesn't mean I'm co compromising my belief when, when I'm interjected into this kingdom of darkness because obviously I'm there for a reason. Yeah. You know, there there's systems of this world that are built that I don't believe in one iota. But if I don't take the light in there, how are they ever going to see it? Yeah. You know, and so I don't know, bro. Well, answer like, me. Answer me this: What would happen? To Scott Tilly, what would happen to Scott Tilly's ministry and mission if when he stepped into the darkness, like you like you've always done, like you're called to do, what would happen if you stepped into the darkness and you allowed your light to dim or you allowed the fire to burn a little less hot or you allowed you you know what I mean? Like what what would happen mm -hmm. to you and your ministry? if that happened are we are we talking about just the zeal being diminished or compromising because the world is is because i'm stepping into that darkness i'm talking about you you deliberately turning it down you deliberately oh um we can we can call it watering it down or we can call it you know and the reason i ask that i feel like there there is i keep saying like for the first time but I'm only 40. I'm, I'll be 42 this month. And that's not that old, <laughs> you know, well, no, as much no, as I not. feel when I get out of bed, <laughs> it isn't that old. That's 42 years on a blimp of like life yeah. time, 
of world. You know what I mean? And so when I say that things are happening that I've never seen before, it's true. Like I've never, you know, I feel like there's, there's black and there's white, like I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. I feel like the evil is and the darkness is greater than I've ever noticed it to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like the enemy is showing his hand more than I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And we can look at the, you know, the alphabet gang and see what, what's going on in the school systems with the confusion that's at mm-hmm. an all time high with mm-hmm. young children, just being con- more confused in a spirit mm-hmm. of confusion than ever before. It would be easy to, in order to reach the, to those people or the people in the darkness or the people in the world, to reach them by, I can't, I can't come in so hot <laughs> because it's going to separate, right? Mm-hmm. Light and dark separate. When a light enters the room, the darkness flees, right? Mm-hmm. When I, I personally, in this place of like, there's, there's, thick black lines being drawn right now of Mm -hmm. division that I personally don't have a real issue with because Mm -hmm. I, I see it as it's, it's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. there is, there is going to be division. Like, I don't think this is going to be some beautiful, harmonious one world thing. That's what the enemy (laughs) is saying is going to happen. Right. The enemy wants that to happen. I don't believe it's going to. So for me in my life, man, I'm, 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 I'm back to drawing boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like you said before, my kids are not going to experience this. Mm -hmm. You know, you better bet Mm -hmm. what you're selling right now. My kids are going to have nothing to do with that because my Mm -hmm. kids are not going to be living in confusion. Like I'm seeing other Mm -hmm. kids, you know? Sure. Cause it's my home. It's my house. Yeah. And I, I read in scripture. I, I want to just rattle off a, a few verses here Yeah. that to me show some division and, you know, second Timothy three, Paul's laying out to Timothy, all these things that are going to happen in the, in the last days and the people, <laughs> the false teachers, and they're going to call, you know, what is good, evil, and all these things are going to happen. And he ends that paragraph by saying, stay away from people like that. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 9, he says, love mm-hmm. what is good and hate what is evil, like black lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amos 3, 3, he's, he, he's talking about, he goes, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? No, right. they can't. Right. There's right. going to be certain people that I can't walk with because mm-hmm. we're not going in the same direction. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one thing that I've noticed from, and I, this isn't to bag the church. I actually believe that Christ is coming back for a spotless bride. I believe that right. it's going to be a whole church. It's going to be a stronger church yes. than ever before in Jesus name. Yes. But there is going to be a falling away. Yes. So what, what is that? How do you, how do you deal with that? You know, the uh, Romans also, I mean, not Romans, uh, Hebrews, 
uh, Hebrews four twelve, I think. Yeah, you're right. God's, God's word is, is sharper than any two-edged yep. sword because mm-hmm. it cuts, you know, mm-hmm. it cuts mm-hmm. things off and it cuts in it dividing lines, you know, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you think about all that, man? Is, is God against division? Is he, or does he desire for everybody to hold hands and, and live in perfect harmony? It's a song, I think. God is, God is absolutely for division because he wants his people holy and set apart. Set apart. That's good. So if I set something apart, I'm dividing it. Um, that's, what, that's what holiness means, right? That's what sanctification means. You're set apart for something different. And so it, it immediately draws my attention to Matthew 10, 34, where Jesus says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace, right? Yes, yes. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Yeah. What does he go on to say? <laughs> to what? Turn father against son and mother against a daughter. Turn yeah. man against father, daughter yeah. against her mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, right? Yeah. All these things he talks about, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Yeah. And so I, I explained this to my wife and I talked about this verse in detail a while back. And I said, this is precisely what happens when people in, living in, in the same household, one of them's chasing the kingdom of God and one of them's chasing the kingdom of darkness. Maybe the one that's chasing the kingdom of darkness doesn't even realize they're chasing the kingdom of darkness, but there will absolutely be division because God's holiness does not accept, right? Yes. God's holiness, God's glory. There is no darkness. There's no evil. There's no vileness found in it. That's what the word says, right? Yeah. There's no darkness. First John four, right? There's yep. no darkness found in God. He's yep. light, right? And we always equate darkness to evil and light to good. And so as, as, as times progress, as the lifespan of this earth, progresses this is stuff that paul i I guess you can go into it like it's already been warned to us so i'm not going to freak out about it i know what the word says i know that perilous times are coming i know that there's going to be a darkness that tries to invade i know these things are going to happen because they prophet they were prophesied and guess what every prophecy in this book there's only a few left to be fulfilled every other one has come to full fruition so i know that the end of these is going to do the same and so how you, na- I guess the, the biggest question is how do you navigate those perilous times? How do you stay close to the vine when, let's be honest, the word also says about Satan that he is an angel of light. That's right. He, he, he masquerades around as an yeah. angel of light and deceiving many, right? So there's another ex- a warning, like, look, man, you need to pay attention to your surroundings because this is the enemy trying to infiltrate the kingdom of light, and he's going to try to trick you. That's why Paul says again, I don't want you to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. That's right. So there's this understanding that as a child of light, you have understanding when you see something that doesn't line up with the kingdom. And so if it's not lining up with the kingdom, then it must be from another kingdom. And that's the division line. That's that chasm from good and evil that, you know, like you can't cross over, right? Yeah. You, cho- you choose, you can choose to, to falter in the faith and go, but that's not God's desire for you. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to stay with the kingdom of light. And so navigating his purposes in the seasons where things are 
crazy where, you know, men are becoming women and women are becoming men and all these things are going on, you know, and that's not just, that's not just that. I mean, there's many, there's many other sexual sins going on. And so what we have to keep doing in the kingdom, like in the kingdom mentality that we carry is reminding the church, reminding God's people, reminding our children, reminding our spouses, reminding our friends of what the word says about it, that there will be these times. But what does Jesus say? Do not fret. Yeah. Do not fret. I, I, I can't find one place in the Bible where Jesus <clears throat> tells me to flip out. Yeah. Like, just get crazy and, and, you know, oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end. Like for the believer, it should be, oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, We're getting ready to go home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who wants to come? You know, but I think that this, you know, I'm all for warning. I'm all for like the prophetic warnings. Obviously we need to pay attention from all the, the old prophets of old. We're, we're constantly warning Israel. Like you're doing it wrong. God is mad. Like turn around, you know, like, but I'm also, I don't ever want to, as a believer, try to instill a spirit of fear into God's people yeah. that, that is not a fear, like a reverent fear of God. Does That's that good. make sense? It does. So That's I'm trying, navigating that is, is, is not easy because you do have, let's, let's be honest, bro. You do have both sides. You have the end times, everybody's going, everybody, da, 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 and then you yeah. do have the, Hey man, everything's as it's supposed to be. Just chill. Yeah. So it's they're both they're both relatable and they're both needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but your mission is your mission. Jesus's mission is Jesus's mission. Darren's mission is Darren's mission. Scott's mission is Scott's mission. And I can't navigate your mission for you. You can't navigate my mission for me. I have to navigate the mission that God's given me for me and my family. And and it should line up with the same mission. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day in the same place where we're taking, where we're taking our families and, and our friends and our congregants and, and the church. Is there, um, a, and I, is there a place for righteous anger? Is, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I, got, I mean, I've heard, I've heard plenty of Christians say that there's not, but. Oh, bro. What, what does that look like at the temple when Jesus flipped the tables? Was that, well, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't flip the cup off the table. He each, some, some versions say he fastened a whip and chased them out of the temple. He took the like time you've to defiled. And, and this this was on my heart one day. God put this on my heart, right? I'm reading that. And I'm like, dang, Jesus was mad. Like he was ticked off. Like, I'm not gonna chase somebody out of my yard with a whip because I'm playing games with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, and so as I'm reading that. And I'm thinking about the temple where, where God's presence dwelt, right? Because this is before he died, correct? I'm Dude, thinking about this. Temple. I love you know this story going? so much. You know where I'm way. going? I love this story. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think so. Go for it. If Jesus was so angry about a building that his father's spirit resided in, how mm. much more angry does he get when our Holy Spirit infilled dwelling temples is offended by evil good. how much more right i mean if he was that mad about a place of temple worship about where you, he said you defiled my father's house when we accept yeah. christ as savior we become the dwelling place of the holy spirit right yeah so when that's defiled woo, you good. gotta believe he's not okay with that bro and well, 
And what Jesus was mad at, the people that Jesus was mad at there were the people who were responsible for managing the house, right? Very true. So Very who is true. responsible for Scott Tilly's temple? You know what I mean? Precisely. And I can I can picture it, dude. And here's the reason I love that story so much. It says he didn't go buy a whip. He didn't go snag somebody else's whip. It says he fastened a Took whip. the time. <laughs> so think about it. He was angry enough to think that he needed a whip. Mm -hmm. And in that anger, he went, and I can just, bro, sorry, I kind of shit. He's, he's speaking yeah. in tongues, and he is furious. <laughs> and he is making a whip, and he follows through with what he wanted to do. So many Christians these days would think that's lack of self-control. He had plenty mm. of time to cool off. Mm. He said, the word says, <laughs> in your anger, do not sin. And then it says that Jesus was without sin. Yeah. He fastened a whip in his anger. And, mm -hmm. he, <laughs> mm -hmm. and he ran some fools out of the church. In that mm -hmm. anger, in that, I think it was an, a, a raging anger. For sure. That wasn't sin. <laughs> no. He was without He's sin. Sinless. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I love that. And I also, and I, I know it's not, it's not good for us to like, it's not good for anybody to be in a place in their mind and then go to scripture and pull out scriptures and pull out pieces that like fit where you're at, you know? Sure. It's not sure. good to do, sure. but there's enough in there to believe, you know, David did not go up to Goliath and, and give him a big hug. He didn't like lay hands mm -hmm. on him and pray for him. He didn't like, mm -hmm. you know, try to perform a sozo with him, you know, right. Right. Why, why are you, you know, <laughs> who touched you when you were little? He didn't. It, yeah. Goliath stood against God and against David's people and he had enough. And he did mm -hmm. what needed to be done. And I'm mm -hmm. not condoning violence. <laughs> I'm right. not condoning right. violence, but I am saying there's something within the believer. There's something within the people of God and within the church and within the temple mm -hmm. that is, is meant to stand against the forces of darkness, man. Sure, sure. There is something about in Ephesians 6 when it says the church should stand against the works of the enemy. Mm. And if, if the works, like I said before, if the works of the enemy are more highlighted now than ever before, there should be a standing against more now than ever before. And I think what we've seen mm -hmm. across the country, whether it was COVID or whether it was whatever, the churches that have stood against the darkness and the churches that have stood up for God's word and the truth are the ones that are going strong, bro. Yeah. And the ones yeah. that have, have cowered and caved and maybe watered mm -hmm. down the message because, you know, it was offensive or it was too intrusive or judgmental. Mm -hmm. They're shrinking up yeah. and, they're, and they're not impactful in their, in their towns and their communities. Yeah. Yeah, And I just, you know, and people can argue with that too. It, it isn't about a building. I, you know what, man, I'm not even going to have that conversation right now. I know mm -hmm. that God desires his people to
to gather and to worship and to pray mm-hmm. and to stand again and to build each other up for works of ministry to destroy mm-hmm. the works of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to do so. But I feel like if the darkness is, is highlighted more, how much more should the light and the truth be highlighted? Yeah. Do you agree with that? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who I can't remember who said it. Um, as the church goes, so goes the world. Yeah. It was a quote. Mm-hmm. And that that's, I can't remember who said that, but it struck me and I pondered on that and the meaning and the depths of the understanding that. And like, Jesus wants kingdom culture, man. That's what he wants. That's his desire now and forevermore, not just when we get to heaven one day. Like he desires kingdom mentality, kingdom understanding, kingdom authority, you know? And if we're not, if we're not doing it, then nobody else is going to do it. The church, I'm talking capital C, the church. Like if we're not doing it, then nobody else is going to do it. And I've had these conversations over and over with many different people about the political realm and about, well, does the Christians, you know, should they be in politics? Should they not? And I'm like, well, if they're not, there's no influence on the government that is, you know, ruling in areas and in states and in, in nations. Like if they're not, if the church hasn't infiltrated the political realm and taken it over essentially, yeah. then yeah. you you get what you get with Roe versus Wade. Yeah. You get what you get. You know, dude, this is go back and read Esther. Yeah. Go go back and read the book about about this woman who was called to power to do something to change the trajectory of a nation. Dude, who did God put the prophets in front of? He sent them to the palaces to talk to the kings. The kings yep. reached out to the prophets to, to get a word from the Lord for the people. The kingdom mm-hmm. of God and politics have always been intertwined. Always. Mm-hmm. That's just the and way it, doesn't it is. Mean, it, it doesn't mean that you... Because that you, <clears throat> I want... I don't want he, I don't want anybody to hear what we're not saying. It does not mean that I worship blue or red. That's right. Doesn't mean that Jesus was a Republican or a Democrat. Doesn't mean that because he wasn't either. But he had a place, and and he had and he had an understanding that there are certain ways that he desired for things to be constructed. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, look at how look at the increments and the measurements of building the temple like there, there's so much detail that we seem to forget when we refuse to look at the way that he walked and the way that we're supposed to walk after him and i don't know man i just feel like there should be um i feel like there's so many issues with politics that if the church was doing what they were supposed to do we wouldn't be in the positions that we're in yeah um, and, and i'm talking there's been corrupt there's been corruption but again, there's been corruption from de- <laughs> the beginning of time, you know? Yeah. There was yeah. corruption in the garden. That's why the garden <laughs> is no longer available for us, you know? Sure. There, I mean, it's, oh man, I just, uh, I want the church, and I guess this is a call to leaders, you know, this is a call to the leaders of the churches to hold tight 
to the instructions of God, to hold tight mm-hmm. to the framework that God has put into place, to yeah. not be afraid to be set apart, to not be afraid to called to a higher level. Mm-hmm. We're not called mm-hmm. to we're not called to stay in the muddy waters, bro. We're called to rise up. And there's going to be moments mm-hmm. when when a Scott Tilly gets dirty with folks, but it's with the expectation and with the the desire to pull them out and up. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I I know you well enough to know that if people aren't receptive to what you've got, you don't throw mud on your face to fit in, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I, I want uh, my family, man, we, we, we got involved with a really, really good church that preaches the word of God and like doesn't hold back, you know? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is what I love about ministry successful ministries in 2022 were ones that were built on the word of God. You know, there's, there's plenty of ministries that have been built on worship and I've been, I've wanted to be a part of ministries like that. You know, Mm -hmm. we've, we've done Mm -hmm. ministries that had a a great emphasis on worship and it's worship's amazing. Mm -hmm. You can build things on worship and you can build things on the prophetic and not have an understanding of the word of God. Yeah. And scripture is clear that those are the things that are going to fall away. <laughs> things that aren't built on the foundation of the word of God are going to fall away. And so I just want to, I want to encourage people, man. And I want to give you a, an opportunity to, to encourage the, the leaders of churches to hold tight to the mm-hmm. word of God. One thing that the Lord's really shown me lately is, his desire for us for the church of today to have a reverence for the old testament god Mm. to have a reverence of the father of abraham isaac and jacob Mm. you know we've yeah i i grew up with those those dudes like you said before about being stuck in the old testament bro those were my heroes man Mm -hmm. like i had building block wooden blocks and i'd stack them up and I had little wrestler figurines and it was freaking David and Goliath. You know, I was like, I had Samson and like, those were my heroes and they were flawed dudes. (laughs) They were flawed beyond belief, but there was a reverence for God in the old Testament, man, that you read. And one place I got stuck that I just never really, I never really studied all that much was first and second Kings. But you read those and you see the the destruction of the world and you see the the fall of man like crazy. And mm. then it, it ends with, and the king allowed evil, right? The king did mm-hmm. what was evil in the sight of God. Yeah. And then 33 yeah. years later, it's somebody else. He did yeah. what was evil in the sight of God. Yeah. And then 40 years later, they they worshiped mm-hmm. idols. And they did what was evil in the sight of God. And then you have mm-hmm. somebody else come in. He actually got rid of some idols and right. he allowed some other things. And he died. And the next guy. So it never ridded itself 
of idols. It never fully ridded itself of, of the evil. And that's where yeah. we're at. And, and, and then all of a sudden we have 2022 where mm-hmm. it's, we're riddled. Our, our, our culture is riddled with the, the leftovers, man. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're still fighting for Moloch, you know, we're still yeah. fighting for, we're still fighting for these human sacrifices and for mm-hmm. evil to be, we have the right and the freedom to do evil. And it's like, that sounds eerily f- familiar to the sure. old Testament, sure. you know? Sure. And sure. Uh, I want to, I want to stand, you know, I want to stand against and, I, and until my dying breath, mm-hmm. I'm going to stand against the things of evil because guess what? There's a lot of new Christians and there's a lot of immature, just meaning they're not solidified in their faith that don't know right mm-hmm. from wrong fully. They don't know good from evil. They don't know darkness from light. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Sure. You know, a miss, a miss, a, a new definition of what's good and what's evil, a new definition mm-hmm. of what's dark and what's light. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm on the side of the church that is standing against, like you said before, this isn't about Republican and Democrat. This is about good versus evil. And this mm-hmm. is about dark versus light. And mm-hmm. I will say as much as I'm, you know, I don't want to paint myself red or blue. There is clearly one political party in America that is choosing to stand upon evil things. Mm-hmm. and you know, in a, in a small way, they don't have my vote. <laughs> that's, you yeah, know, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. worst. That's the worst that's going to happen is they're not going to get my vote, but I'm going to stand yeah. for, for truth in my life and in my family. Yeah. Will, will you, will you give a word of encouragement, man, to, to leaders, to church leaders who are, mm-hmm. dude, there's, a, there's, I, I've met a lot of pastors that took over their churches in early 2020 yeah Ugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. a ride mm-hmm. and they yeah. have they have choices to make you know of what we're mm-hmm. going to do and how we're going to do it and what's some encouragement you have for for church leaders who really want to do their pastoral role of, of leading a flock yeah that's good man um it, first of all if you made it this far Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no joke. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, pastors are very special to me. I, I, I've pastored and I know the burden. I know the burden of you want to feed your flock the right food. You want to give them stuff that's going to um, keep them healthy um, and keep them um, n- not in a place of comfort, but wanting more. So there's a balance of, you know, keeping people fed to the, they keep coming back, but also that they're full. And there's a lot of different personalities in the church, man. And, and pastors deal with more things than I think most people will ever realize or ever want to realize. And there's a reason why they're falling off by the hundreds. I mean, people are checking out of ministerial, um, um, What's the word I want to look for? Job, not, not job, but ministerial yeah. work, I guess, mm-hmm. um, by the thousands, I think. And, you know, here's the thing, like we've never needed more 
Bible-based pastors than right now. I mean, so, so if you're still in the fight, man, uh, just stay, stay grounded in truth, just like you're doing. And, And most of you, you know, many of you are doing just such a great job and just listen to, listen to your flock. Yes. But listen to the word of the Lord first. And what does God say? And how does his principles apply to your specific flock? And, you know, I'm reminded of, of the passage, you know, where Jesus looks at Peter and he asks him three times, do you love me? You know, he says, Pete, do you love me? You know, and he says, yeah, basically he's like, what kind of a question is that? Lord, you know, I love, you You know, and he asks him again and he says, well, feed my sheep. You know, okay, good. Check mark, whatever. And he he wants to make sure like, Pete, do, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know, I love you. Take care of my sheep. And he asks him three times, do you love me? And every time it has to do with his sheep. God has such a special place for his flock in his heart. And he knows the burdens that a pastor carries. So Jesus is telling you in that scripture that you're not alone. Like you are not alone. I know when I, when I pastored, you know, and I'm still, I guess I still hold that title and I'm okay with it. As long as I'm pointing people to Jesus, you can call me whatever but (laughs) i i know there were times in that role man where i just never felt more alone and i and i knew people loved me and i knew that i had people that i could call on but it didn't take it didn't shake this burden of all the weight that i felt being in the position that i was in i had so many souls that you're responsible for so many people that you're called to nourish and we can get into the debate where well they can't Coat tell you into heaven, bro. They got to establish their own relationship. I get that. But when you're called into a position to be able to, you know, shepherd over this flock, Jesus set the prime example of what it looks like. A good shepherd lays down his life for his flock. And so as you do that, there's burdens with that. There's you're carrying all sorts of different issues from family issues, from the people that you're ministering to or counseling or whatever the case may be, but, and I want to kind of wrap it around, wrap it around this. Like if you stay true to the call that has been placed on your life, you're going to receive an eternal reward that far outweighs any burdens or even any expectations that have been on your life or placed on your life in this world. And so you are blessed to be in a position that you're in. You're blessed to be able to carry the torch of the kingdom of heaven. Don't take that lightly stand firm in the faith. The word says in Ephesians six, right? Stand firm when you've done all that you can do. Yes. Stand firm, right? Yes. And you can only do what you can only do, but standing firm is the last thing that we should remember in preaching the word and the truth of God, because it's not going anywhere. The word of God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. And it will reign true. It will reign true in this lifetime. And if we hadn't passed on before, we're called back. It's going to rain in that lifetime. And I, I really do think the, I think that I'm watching these young pastors pop up too, not just on social media, but in the, in the region. And I, and I do think that there's just such a fire mm-hmm. within these, within these youngsters that yeah. want to see righteousness bestowed it's good. in God's church. And that's what we're chasing is the kingdom of God and his righteousness, nothing else. Because everything that we need is inside of that. 
Everything that we need is inside of chasing God's righteousness. And it's going to be added to us. We're not even going to have to reach for it. It's going to be given to us. And so I want to encourage just anybody who's in ministerial purpose at all, you know, whether you're pastoring a church or whether you're a deacon or whether you're a leader in the church, or whether you're a youth pastor, or maybe you're just a greeter. Or you think you're just a greeter, man, that job's important. Like you just, it, and this goes way beyond Sunday service, man. Like this goes into the homes. This goes into the intimate meetings and the small settings and the places that you really truly grow in understanding God's word. Like keep, just keep doing what you're called to do and, and God will take care of the rest. That's good, man. And I want to add to that. Know the word of God, mm-hmm. get in the word, stay in the word, know the word. I'm telling you, man, some of the, the, the greatest ministers that I follow now, it's just so different than what I used to follow. And I, I honor and I, and I love them all, mm-hmm. but the ones now that have an anointing, on their life to preach the word of God. I'm telling you, man, those are the ones that are breaking strongholds down. Mm-hmm. The word of God is the one, like we said before, that's going to cut through the, mm-hmm. the obstacles, cut through the lies that are on people's lives. You want to set your congregants free, preach the word of God. You don't need mm-hmm. some clever saying. You don't need a bunch of awesome one-liners. You don't need the greatest, you don't need the greatest worship band in the world. Mm-hmm. We've been there where we've, that's been, I'll speak for myself. That was my goal. You know, I wanted to have the greatest worshipers around me because mm-hmm. he's enthroned on the praises of his people. And he absolutely is. But if there's no word of God present, if there's no foundation for the people to stand on, mm-hmm. got nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I want, I want to encourage and chat. You're, you're not weird for believing in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Come you're, on. Not, you're not weird. You're not weird for, for, for desiring to know the word more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in a place in my life where, man, I just don't know the word and I want to know mm-hmm. the word. Guess how you mm-hmm. know it. You read it. You read it. Pray into it. You read it. You consecrate you yourself to it. People that are hungry, man. You find people that are hungry. You find guys that are teaching it. You, you sit under them, you honor them. And I'm That's not right. saying, I'm not saying that, you know, they're to be held at some high immaculate standard i'm saying if somebody's preaching the word of god you know they're preaching the word of god because you've been in it yourself get around those people that are that are just hungry for the word that want more things that want the deeper things of god a shepherd a shepherd has to know where to go yes a shepherd has to know what dangers are out there for the sheep yes a shepherd has to know where the food's at a shepherd has to know you know, where the sheep can and can't go. They have to know the fence mm-hmm. lines. They have to know the boundaries mm-hmm. that, you know, all those things, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it's a, uh, it's a great call. It's, yeah. it's a, it's an underestimated call. And yes. I think, and I'll just say this too. And this is, again, this is just me, man, but there's a lot of pastors that are pastoring churches that are more interested in their, the greater community. They're more interested in the, in, in, transforming their cities and they're more guess what there's a place for that but if you're a pastor and you're going to call yourself pastor and you're going to carry the title of a pastor you got a flock to look after mm. you know you said that before god doesn't i don't believe god lightly calls people to be pastors mm. you know he doesn't no. just call some minister that wants to have a a social media account that's going to be impactful a pastor mm. you know we've we've loosely thrown that title around 
And I think that God is reserving that in these days for the true shepherds. Mm. You you read Ezekiel 34 and you'll read quickly what God thinks about the shepherds that led the sheep astray. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a a time right now where he's like, you want to be a pastor? Are you ready to be a shepherd who's going to take care of the flock? And that means you got to know where you're going. You got to know yeah. where I'm leading you. You got to know, you got to know where I'm leading them. <laughs> right. Right. The right. shepherd has to take care of the sheep. And so mm-hmm. error, error on the side of, I obeyed the word of God <laughs> for these yeah. people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you, you, you are not going to go wrong by, by Aaron on the side of holiness, the side of righteousness, the side of truth. Mm. Um, and we've seen a lot of error, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of ministries that are, that have taken the hit and fallen over the last couple of years and I bless them and mm-hmm. I pray for them, but the truth of God cannot be shaken. No, no, that's the foundation. That's Christ being the cornerstone. Everything builds around that, you know, yeah. and if you've done any construction at all, like you, you understand that term. I mean, he's he's where everything, all the weight bears, and you build around that. You you build. We build his kingdom around uh, the Jesus. You know, he's he's established something, and we're just supposed to follow protocol, man. And that, let's just keep it simple. Most days, just just keep it simple. What does it say? What does the word say? Let's go to the word. What does it say? You know, you don't have to get too deep into it just go by the word of god man whether it's popular or not yeah but what what if he didn't really mean that man again i want to i want to i want to read it like it's written bro you know there's a a place for getting deeper into that you know to learn the the aramaic and learn the heat like learn what the roots Mm -hmm. of these things are but i promise you god desires for you to take it at face value as well like Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not usually means thou shalt not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All, yeah. Whenever he says all, every pastor in the world that says it. What's that all. mean? It means all. Yeah. yeah. Both blessing and curse. Like both. <laughs> there's black lines between yes. blessings and curses, bro. There's black lines. Yeah. There's dividing lines between yes. darkness and light. And I, as for me and my house, bro, we're going to be a family of light. And we're going to be a family yes. of of good and not evil and i will stand against evil for those people that can't recognize those people that Mm -hmm. don't have discernment for what's good and what's evil i'm here to help them and yeah people people may think that it's unloving to reveal the truth right right (laughs) if i didn't love you i wouldn't be telling you the truth you know exactly i can't love you and withhold Mm -hmm. truth it's impossible exactly love (laughs) is truth truth is love you know and and I think that we need to understand that, like, I'm not saying what I'm saying to offend you. I'm saying what I'm saying to save you, to, to see you not have to experience things that are going to hurt you. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's God's that's God's call for us. Right. Like I'm giving yeah. you this truth so that it can keep you from being from you hurting yourself. That's good. <laughs> like, yeah. You know later on and i'm giving you these these directions these understandings and in in hopes that you'll take them seriously in hopes that you'll you'll apply them to your life you know and i think that it's there's such a simplistic nature in christ's love man and and if i 
if we've alluded in any way in this whole entire podcast episode that that it's we are condemning or judging or throwing stones at anyone like we don't have the power to do that what we do have the power to do is change the course of this nation and this world just like Amen. the 12 that jesus called to do. That's, that's what bro. we have to do that's right. and we're called to that you're called to your generation i'm called to this generation and what i'm trying to while I'm grasping knowledge from God, I'm trying to give knowledge from God. As I'm getting it, I want to give it. And there's, there's so much freedom in knowing that that is absolutely applicable everywhere my feet trod, whether it's on Sunday morning or whether it's in my appointments with my, you know, with where I'm at now, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at my home, wherever. Like God has given us this authority to be able to walk and take ground, man. I mean, you will tread on snakes and scorpions and not be bitten. Like you be able to take the gospel to the ends of the earth because I've called you to do so. And that's our mission, right? To get heaven overcrowded. That's our mission to get as many souls as we can, man, at any cost. I think about James, you know, some you save. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but some are saved lightly. Some are saved by snatching them out of the flames. That's right. Like, yeah, I always allude to this. And and um, this was told to me one time, like, maybe, Scott, maybe you're just too abrupt. Maybe maybe you're too loud with it. And I'm like, OK, I get what you're saying. But hear me this. I'm 40 yards away from you in my backyard. My backyard is 50 yards from the train track. I yeah. see you on the train track walking, not paying attention. You've got your headphones in. You have no idea what's going on around you. Do I, do I silently whisper to you, hey, buddy, there's a train coming? Or do I fly out of my backyard, drop kick you off the tracks if what's needed to save your life? Okay. Like there has to be that understanding of there's a time for there's a time for slow speaking. There, there's a, you know, there's a time to, right. to whisper like, Hey buddy, you, you, you really missed this right here. And I want to see you do better. And then there's a time where God says, look, if you don't move from there, it's going to kill you. That's right. You know? And so I, I think you have to judge that for yourself. What, what predicament you're in and who you're, and it's about relationship too. If I don't have relationship with you, you're probably not going to hear from me very well. Yeah. You're probably not going to listen to much of what I have to say if I haven't established a loving relationship with you. And I'm, I'm finding that out in this season too, bro. Like there's a lot of people that listen to me that I didn't know listen to me. And I'm not saying they listen to me because they agree with me. They're listening to me because they know me. And we get engaged in these conversations and it's like, you know, at the heart of the matter, it's, I just didn't really like the way that you said that, Scott. Okay. Well, what can I do? How could I have said it differently? Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of harsh. Well, I bet it was pretty harsh when Jesus looked dead straight at Peter and said, away from me, Satan. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like th- there 100%. comes a time where protocol, that, that kind of protocol is needed. And I'm not calling you Satan and I'm not saying one way or another right. that you're indulging yeah. in you're actually not life. saying I, it as harshly as jesus did <laughs> yeah exactly and so i i want to at the end of the day man i want to walk in love i want to walk in purity and righteousness and holiness and i want to walk in his power i want to walk in 
and the things that he's called me to walk in. And I know that every situation is going to be different. Jesus never encountered the same situation. I mean, yes, he cast out demons and he healed, he healed, you know, the withered, the withered arm and he, and he, and he healed, you know, he opened up blind eyes and he opened up deaf ears, but, but he also, like he also sat down and had life, did life with his disciples. And so yeah. every, like his situations were so different and he was able to navigate those because he never took his eyes off the father. That's good. And, and that's just where we have to be in this hour, bro, is keeping our eyes fixed on things above. And Jesus knew what time it was, man. And that's what I, I, I love your, your train analogy, because I, I picture the only reason you were able to even yell and scream and warn is because you knew the train was coming. You know, mm -hmm. and there's, there's times that you can hear the rumble of the train. Yes. You can't see it. You don't know exactly when it's coming, but you hear that rumble of that train, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe you've actually seen that train blow by a few times and there's been people camped right there on the freaking railroad tracks and you've seen their lives destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen mm -hmm. their lives demolished because of that train. And so, you know, what's coming, you know, that if you set up a tent right there on the railroad tracks and you hang out right there in, in danger and in a place of death and destruction, a train's going to freaking come. Right. And so you set up signs and, 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 and warning signs. Don't mm -hmm. camp right here. Right. This is a place of death and destruction. Right. You know? And there's people that have dedicated their lives to being able to look out and see and know what time it is and know what's mm -hmm. coming and know what's mm -hmm. capable. And there's a lot of people that walk around with their headphones on, looking down at their feet, focused yeah. on their own lives, and they don't care about what's on out there. My point with that is God bless those that are actually looking ahead mm -hmm. and, and know what's coming, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for, and I, I want to be that, you know, I want to be that guy who's looking out, not just for me and my family. Cause I know that I'm not, I'm not planning on camping in, on the railroad tracks. I'm Absolutely. not, I'm not going to allow my Absolutely. kids to do that, but I'm, Absolutely. I want to be the kind of person that's able to look out and notice when somebody else is getting a little bit too comfy on the tracks <laughs> yes yeah you because know? you because why because you care for people that's right at the end of the that's day right. it's about compassion man that's good that's good man i'm thankful for you bro ditto you, bro you look ditto. hot by the way you're looking kind of stout oh thank you thank you yeah. I, I i like the gym thank I you like for putting your on. thank you for wearing that shirt that you know, <laughs> I had to get a little baggy today so I wouldn't uh, be as sleek as you but I appreciate you and dude no, I love your heart man. I do love your heart and I I gave you a word a while back about uh, being a flamethrower and I just I see yeah. that I see that the world is in more of a place where that flamethrower is going to be needed and so I'm thankful that you're you're carrying that torch and ready to light some folks on fire <laughs> amen burn away some things <laughs> holy spirit come That's yeah right. all right bro love you dude all right love you brother we'll talk soon okay bud bye bye